podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters of spooky Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time to get back into the swing of things. Had a lot of fun getting some of these guests in this fall season. Shout out to Jesse Ertz. Shout out to Coach Marco Bourne, Coach Kevin Sutton, and the great voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, to help get me ready, get all of us ready for basketball season, and talk a little bit about the NIL projects going on at K-State. But it's time to talk about a massive the game of the Big 12 week, and that is our Kansas State Wildcats versus the Texas Christian University Horned Frogs. Before we do, you know them, you love them, and they are here for us. That is Manhattan Brewing Company. When I tweeted out asking for some of the, uh, you know, the, the boneheads, Uh, keys to v they tweeted at us the keys to v on saturday are having two townies in the first uh quarter one tasty ipa in the second two pumpkin batches in the third and a condor double imperial ipa in the fourth quarter because you always have to bring the heat in the fourth quarter now that's a lot of beer but it is delicious i tell you what I would I, I will make a gamble with all of you that there is not going to be a better beer inside Amon G. Carter Stadium down in Fort Worth, Texas than a towny wheat. So if you're not going down there, make sure you're drinking some towny wheat during the game at home. Hell, if you're going down there, grab a couple four packs before you head down on I-35 to Fort Worth so that way you can tailgate and get ready for the game in style with the best the freshest, the most delicious and flavorful wheat beer in the entire country, Towny Wheat from Manhattan Brewing Company. Before we get into Chris Kleiman's press conference and rest of the regular uh, you know, game preview show, uh, th- there's some awards, some, no- some recognition going on with K-State. Uh, let's start with award watch season. It is back. The Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line unit put out their watch list. Coach Riley's bunch is one of 18 offensive lines across all of Division One football to make that watch list. I think a lot, all of us uh, have been frustrated at different points with the offensive line, but I do think as a whole, uh, this group has been pretty darn solid. I, I think this is similar to when we talk about red zone. I think this is similar to when we talk about uh, field goal kicking, uh, when, when you talk about like turnovers in basketball season. I think offensive line, when you watch your own team week in and week out, you are always going to harp on the negative. You're always going to think, man, I wish the offensive line played better. I, I, I really do believe that. But when you see 
all the love that Cooper Beebe and some of the other offensive linemen are getting from pro scouts and folks that are specifically watching the offensive line. When you see this offensive line unit make a watch list, which only 18 other units in uh, the country make, I think that does tell us that despite some of our frustration, the offensive line has been playing pretty darn well so far. Additionally, Adrian Martinez has been added to the Maxwell Award watch list, joining Deuce Vaughn on that list. That is an award for most outstanding offensive player. Adrian Martinez was one of just a handful of players to be added to this list at the midway point. Deuce was a preseason ad. Deuce is still on that list. But I think this says a lot about Adrian Martinez and what he has been able to do so far this season that he gets added to that list at midseason. We've already seen that he's still around that top 10 mark when you're accounting for futures for Heisman Trophy voting. We'll see if he gets votes. We'll see what happens. But I think the six-game stretch, and really what's wild about it is we all had our frustrations with those first three games uh, from Adrian Martinez. Uh, He still has not turned the ball over. K-State is the only uh, football team in the nation who has not thrown an interception yet this season. But he's really turned it on these first three games. So if you think about all the frustration we had in the non-con, and then all of a sudden he turns it around, and he's getting himself you know, uh, top 10 when it comes to Heisman future odds, uh, getting added to the these uh, award watch lists midseason, I think that really tells you how impressive he has been to folks watching from the outside these last three games. Gotta hope he keeps it up. You have to hope he keeps it up uh, because, again, um, you're not going to be able to do it with just Deuce. But if those two are both rocking and rolling, this offense is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Josh Hayes going back to Farmageddon. He did win Defensive Player of the Week versus Iowa State. I can't remember if we gave him a shout-out post-game uh, or uh, during any of our shows uh, since Farmageddon. But I wanted to give Josh Hayes one more big shout out. And again, uh, you know, this this coaching staff just seems to be able to find secondary players in the portal to come in and just make a massive impact. Is he going to be able to pull off the rust yeast, you know, come in, get some all Big 12 type honors and sneak into the back end of the draft? Maybe he has been playing really well and he is going to be maybe the most important guy on the defense as we're staring down the barrel of these final six games with everything we wanted still on the table. Final thing we'll talk about, we're checking in the K-State Wildcats, checking in 17th in the AP poll, 17th in the coaches poll, no movement in the AP poll, actually fell back one slot in the coaches poll. I'm not too worried about it. Again, top 20, it's a top 20 matchup. If you take care of business, the rankings take care of themselves. I think 17 is a pretty fair spot. Our friend Kelly Ford actually has K-State, I believe, in the top 10 if you go with a merit-based or a merit based computer ranking based specifically on who you've played, who have you beaten, and how that stacks up against the rest of college football. Uh, but you know what? I have no, I have no issues being at 17. Uh, I started seeing a little bit of this on Twitter. I started seeing a little bit of this on message boards. Folks talking about, oh, college football playoff. If we run the table, this, all this type of stuff. Where are we going to be ranked? Oh, do we have a shot if we run the table? This is what I'm going to say about that question. I think there might have even been a question about this 
into one of the Q and A's. Um, fans can do whatever they want. This is, this is classic Scott Wildcat, just about as classic as me, uh, interrupting someone who who's coming on as a guest to try to get a point in there. Uh, so this is vintage Scott Wildcat right here. Um, do whatever you want. I'm not telling you not to do this, but from my point of view, until you play TCU and Oklahoma state, I would not give a single second worth of energy or worrying about college football playoff rankings or anything like that. I would not give it even a second thought. And I'm a hypocrite because I've chimed in and told people, ah, don't worry about that. Do whatever you want, but I'm not going to do. So it is what it is. But I think it is pretty futile to start talking about that type of stuff because at the end of the day, as much as a as much fun as the first three games have been, I think there's a very real chance that none of Oklahoma, Texas Tech, or Iowa State are go- are going to be at in the top half of the Big 12. I think there's a very real chance that those three teams will account for positions six through ten. I think there's a very real chance, along with KU and West Virginia. I think those five will be the bottom five in the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas Tech maybe have the potential. Uh, to get hot at the end and finish at fifth. Uh, I don't know if I see it, uh, but but I mean, you know, I, I think they could maybe challenge Baylor for that fifth spot where we sit here right now. Uh, but, but we still haven't played anyone who is going to be a true contender for Arlington yet. If you beat TCU, if we, if we beat TCU, I'm an alum, I'm a season ticket holder. If we beat TCU... If Chris Kleiman's squad beats TCU and then they turn around and beat Oklahoma State and you're truly then in the driver's seat hosting Texas on November 5th to really put your stamp on Arlington. If you're going into that game, if you're going into the first inaugural 2022 college football playoff ranking show still undefeated in Big 12 play with just that one loss versus Tulane, at that point I'll be like, all right, Let's daydream. Let's talk about it. It's a fair topic. It is a relevant topic. All that type of stuff. We have two massive, monumental games that we need to take care of business beforehand before we can get there. So I understand, and it's and it's fun. It is fun. This is what being a fan is all about. Halfway through the season, 5-1, and one, it's fun to talk about. Ooh, you know, if we run the table, can we get to the playoff? Ooh, what's the, where's the committee going to have us ranked? All that type of stuff. I get it. It's fun. I'm nowhere near there yet. Take care of business Saturday. I might, I might start, you know, I might start thinking about it. Take care of Oklahoma State. I, I have a feeling... That, that Q&A or that uh, Oklahoma State reaction show, I have a feeling we'll be talking about where will the committee have us ranked. Uh, so that that's what I got. We'll get into uh, Chris Common's press conference. Not a ton of stuff. Usually, like, I, I take notes during uh, his press conference, and usually, you know, you get to 20, 22 bullet points. I didn't get much out of this press conference from Coach Kleiman. Um the, the biggest piece of news is he said that everyone who played versus Iowa State is on track to play at TCU. 
Now, it took a while for some of the follow-ups, but my group chat was kind of going off like, ah, I don't know if I believe him. I don't know if I believe him. He was specifically asked about Khalid Duke and then specifically asked about Nate Matlack. When asked about Khalid Duke, he said that he should be practicing on Tuesday. We won't get any sort of confirmation on that until maybe Thursday, maybe. And even then, I think the coaches, as we, we, uh, we've seen, they, they lie. They have no incentive to tell the truth when it comes to injuries. But uh, hoping to see him uh, practice on Tuesday. We might get confirmation of that on Thursday. And Nate Matlack is at full strength, quote-unquote full strength. Said that the open week benefited him as much as anybody. This is why these two things are absolutely monumental and so important for this TCU game. We all remember what Felix and Yudike Uzama did last year versus TCU. Now, I didn't get to watch it in the stadium because I was at a wedding. This is the first time I'm actually going to see a K-State TCU game in person in a really long time. Oh, man. I'm nervous for it. I'm going down there. I'm nervous. But, but, but let me get back to the point. Everyone in that building, everyone in Amon G. Carter Stadium is going to remember what Felix did. So you best believe he is going to be getting chipped by a running back coming out. He's going to be getting double teamed by a tackle and a tight end. They're going to be doing rollouts. They're going to be doing everything they can to stay away from Felix. Everything they can to stay away from Felix. So for him to have any sort of impact on this game, I believe you are going to have to first see an impact from Khalid Duke or Nate Matlack. I think you're going to have to see those two guys making plays, causing havoc to then force them to not exclusively double and sometimes triple team Felix later on in the game. So if those two guys, if Nate Matlack is truly back up to uh, full strength, quote-unquote full strength, something that we haven't seen probably since Missouri, maybe. I I, I mean, because he's been banged up all of conference play. I don't think he was full strength versus Tulane, but, you know, I can't quite remember. And if you can get Khalid Duke on the field, because he is such a talented pass rusher, that is going to be massive. Also, I foresee Khalid Duke uh, at times being tasked with spying Max Duggan because he is so good on his feet. Uh, Chris Kleiman opened up talking about Chris or, uh, Max Duggan and how talented he is and how much confidence he is playing with at TCU. Uh, Chris Kleiman, Coach Kleiman, basically dialed it up to saying, hey, it is his confidence. That is the difference between the Max Duggan we saw last year, maybe him as an underclassman versus what he is doing this year as a senior. And it was talked about at ad, as nauseum. Uh, versus Oklahoma State. Anyone who's not going to the game will hear Tim Brando talking about this during the game as well. He was given the opportunity to transfer away when they said Chandler Morris was going to be the starter. They made sure he was aware of it with enough time so he could transfer and still play this season. But he made a point to come back and play for TCU because this is where he wanted to be. Um, I, I do think that says a lot about him, especially in today's college athletics world. Um, and I've always been a Max Duggan fan. Uh, but he's playing with that confidence. And, and again, I, I think that Chris Kleiman has it dialed up. Now that he has this confidence, and he's basically playing with no weight on his shoulders at all, we've seen the best Max Duggan that we've seen uh, in his entire career 
at TCU. He's currently the most efficient passer in the Big 12, and he's able to do it with his feet as well. You know, his ability to run the ball has been a quote-unquote nightmare for teams, according to Coach Klein. I agree. I, I think that he, if, and I love what Adrian Martinez has been able to do. 100% love it. But Max Duggan, probably a slightly worse runner, but I, I think especially with the weapons TCU has, um, he's been able to air it out um, and be able to do it running. So he is going to be the key on TCU's offense. He also said that TCU's defense is growing uh, in the new system. They've gone to that 3-3 stack as well. And Coach Kleiman specifically said that the front six, uh, they're they're doing just basic stuff. He said they, they do basic stuff, but they do it very well. Now, I think that is how you always should be building new systems, especially on defense. Football truly is a... NASCAR car crash chess game all combined at one and being able to give your defense even if it is simple reads simple calls and if they can do that successfully that is way better than a team that gives you multiple looks multiple fronts multiple stunt packages and doesn't mediocre so TCU's defense is really that that front six versus the K-State offensive line is going to be a massive battle that probably will uh, determine the game. Going Or at least when K-State has the ball. Going back to TCU on offense, Coach Kleiman called out while watching film, he says that TCU will go into tempo at times and it has really caused the opponents to misalign and that's led to a handful of TCU's massive plays. We're going to talk later, uh, thanks to the good chef's key to V, about how explosive TCU can be on offense. And if they're getting a couple cheapies a game because the other team, the uh, defense, can't get aligned quick enough, I mean, that's going to be bad news. We saw it in the TCU-Oklahoma State game. They want to go fast and they want to do tempo. Sonny Dykes almost got thrown out of the game being so livid at Oklahoma State doing the slow substitute in when TCU would make a sub. I think we're going to have to see that, but again, I think you have to be smart about it. You probably can't do it each time, and you can't be obnoxiously slow, and you can't try to push the limit. Because we saw Oklahoma State actually get flagged for a delay of game one time, and I believe one or two times got flagged for 12 men on the field or offsides because they were not substituting quick enough because the second the extra official moves out of the way and allows TCU to snap the ball after they've made substitutions when they're running tempo they're going to do it immediately it's going to be a big challenge for K-State's defense coach Kleiman said because Duggan can move because their front is so good and it's going to be a challenge to get there and get those sacks, make those havoc plays in the backfield. Again, if you can start, if you can do that early with those quick drops, it's going to be massive. Jalen Pickle is the master at this. The defensive lineman, when it's a pass play, and you see Max Duggan wind up to throw the ball, if you're not going to be able to get there, get your hands up. This might be, and this is not one of my keys to be, but this is going to be something to keep an eye out. If you can bat down a couple balls at the line of scrimmage, especially on some of these third and mediums when they're trying to do a real quick uh, pass out, either out to the flats 
or something curling in the middle of the field. That could be the difference between getting the ball back and then picking up a first down. Talking about the bye week a little bit, and, and this is really uh, the only two uh, uh, you know bullet points I had from the press conference. Uh, some of the true freshmen really are starting to get a lot of reps with the second offensive line. Uh, Pastore got a lot of love talking about how he can play just about everywhere on the offensive line. And he hopes, and Coach Conlon says, we, we want to keep his red shirt, but we will probably see him in some of the games down the stretch. Now, the development of the offensive line is something that I always love to hear about. And then you also heard about Andrew Leingang, who has been taking snaps at all five positions on the offensive line. Having a utility guy like that is absolutely massive. Also, sounds like Sam Hecht has also been getting some snaps at center. So it sounds like, and again, we don't want injuries. I mean, we we cannot handle too many injuries at all, if any, and, and feel as confident in this offensive line. But it does make me feel a little bit better that it sounds like there's been a handful of guys who truly are utility offensive linemen, just in case uh, you have some guys going down for a couple series. The final thing, and it was asked uh, in talking about Adrian Martinez and how he's been used this year, running versus passing and all that type of stuff. Chris Kahneman says that really we don't know until the game starts rolling about what the true game plan is going to be with Adrian Martinez passing versus running versus how many you know plays in, in the book are going to go this way or that way because defenses when they're scheming up against k-state it is all about trying to take away number 22 and that's deuce vaughn and we have to counter punch that and that is where adrian martinez's ability really comes into play i, I thought that was a really good call out because when you think about how colin klein has put together his play sheet and the uh, some of the game plans and, and we see it a little bit sometimes it gets to the point where they really are starting to feel things out they, they seem to come out hot they seem to usually have a pretty good script for drive one drive two but now after you get beyond that once you're starting to have to counter punch what they're doing to try to take away deuce vaughn or try to take away something from the offense that's when we start to sputter a little bit. So I'm hoping that we can hit that stride and maybe not hit that sputter. Maybe you can steer into the skid or some sort of driving uh, analogy so we so we don't have that long run of uh, frustration on offense. Now uh, I'll, I'll transition into kind of uh, what's at stake, what I'm going to be watching for. Uh, with this game but before we do we've teamed back up with charlie hustle once again to bring wildcat fans the freshest game day gear around whether you're living it up with your friends in aggieville catching a game at bill snyder family stadium or heading down for the ema road show down in fort worth charlie hustle has the best officially licensed k-state gear for you and your squad shop at charliehustle.com or visit their kansas city store on the country club plaza today Also available in retailers throughout Manhattan. Shop Charlie Hustle's K-State collection. I'm rocking my K-State crew neck right now. I might have to wash it so I can wear it down in Fort Worth. Although it's going to be a little warmer down there. So I'm not sure what my game day fit is going to be quite yet. Um, We'll see. Have not decided on that. But it's either going to be a Charlie Hustle crew neck or one of their t-shirts. I go back and forth. So stay tuned for the game day fit. All right, so... I mean, this is this is the massive one. I said this is going to lead off this section until K State has uh, their 
third Big 12 loss. Um, and, and that's this is this game specifically is a massive one for the Hunt for Arlington. K State and TCU are the only two teams that are three and zero in the Big 12. Everyone else has at least one loss. I think we're at the point where Baylor has all but eliminated themselves from contention. I don't believe in KU being able to run the table, so they're out of contention. I don't believe Oklahoma is going to run the table, and even if they did, it would it, they would need a lot of help. They'd need a lot of madness uh, with three losses already to get to Arlington, especially since they have losses versus K-State and Texas already. I I think that, yeah, yeah. I, I who, who is their other loss? Oh, TCU. They got their ass kicked by TCU. Yeah, Oklahoma is in a situation where they, they would need TCU, K-State, or Texas to absolutely collapse. Uh, they need all three to collapse, so they're out of it. It's it's a four-horse race right now. And those four horses are all facing off this Saturday. Oklahoma State is hosting Texas. K-State going down to Fort Worth, Amon G. Carter Stadium. And... These are massive ones. If K-State wins this game, that means that they will have a game and a half, basically a game and a half on TCU. And you could see, now they wouldn't be eliminated, but either Oklahoma or Texas would be absolutely on the ropes. So you can turn this very quickly into a four-horse race to basically a two-and-a-half, three-horse race Basically, in the matter of seven days, it is absolutely massive. Now, does a loss really kill TCU or K State? No, they both have games versus Texas, and we still have a game versus Oklahoma State as well. Now, if TCU wins this game, if TCU wins this game, they are probably in rubber stamp territory. To get to Arlington, assuming you know they take care of business versus Baylor, and you know, and then they also have Texas. They are sitting pretty. They are sitting very pretty if they win this game. K State is in a very good spot as well, but this is still only our first game versus the other three contenders. And you still have at Baylor, at West Virginia, trying to be spoilers, and the rivalry game versus KU at the end of the season. But you win this game, you are then sitting on the top of the Big 12 and there is nothing that anyone can do for 14 days for you to lose that standing. Absolutely nothing anyone else can do. Winning this game not only gives you the first tiebreaker that you could have versus the other four teams, but you're putting yourself in a position where you are now the undisputed top dog. Everyone is talking about TCU as the best team in the conference, which, hey, they're undefeated. They didn't stumble in their non-conference. It was a weak-as-hell non-conference. SMU's turning out to not be any good. Colorado's absolutely shit. Tarleton was a Division II team playing Washburn University just a couple years ago. So they didn't really play anyone in the non-con, but that game versus Oklahoma State, that was a gritty game. That was a great game. Absolutely an entertaining game, and they came out on top. 
They deserve all this sort of hype, all this sort of love, 100%. Not taking anything away from them. But there's another team that is 3-0 in the Big 12. There's another team that is the best defensive team in the Big 12 when you look at advanced stats. When you look at per drive and per play stats on defense, K-State is the number one defense. Now, TCU's the number one offense. So it's going to be a clash of... Not styles, but a clash of, you know, excellence. The best defense versus the best offense. Um, a, a coach who is, on, who is brand new to TCU versus a guy who is now starting to establish himself in the Big 12. I, I think, I mean, it's crazy. It, it, Chris Kleiman, I think, has been with K-State. I mean, is, is he the second or third most tenured coach in the Big 12 now behind Gundy? I mean, I, I mean, it's wild how quickly things turn over. I know Campbell, Matt Campbell's been here longer, but he's like the third or fourth most tenured guy in the conference versus one of the new guys. Um, it, it really is a clash. It is purple versus purple battle for, you know, for the color. It, it, it's as big as it gets. This is what college football is all about again. You know, I, I've said this a few weeks, but when your team is in the hunt for a conference championship game, when every single game has insane amount of, you know, consequences on the line, every single play living and dying by, it is amazing. This is what college football is all about. This is why college football is infinitely better than the NFL. Games like this. You know, you, you want to keep the momentum going. You want to keep the good vibes going. People are trying to whisper about college game day coming to town. Again, if you want all these nice things, if you want your players on these award lists, if you want them, you know, getting good Heisman odds, if you want guys who to shoot up, you know, NFL draft boards, these are the games that are on the line. If you want to make it to Arlington, which was the ultimate goal for this season, this is a game you have to win. Now, you didn't have TCU penciled in as a contender coming into this year. I know I didn't. I know none of you did when we were doing the bonehead overs and unders. Almost everyone was taking TCU under. We're all losing money on that bet. But this is the Big 12. Anything can happen. You know, the, the, the line settling in around three and a half points. I think this is going to be a great game. I think TCU is a good team, but I think K-State's a damn good team as well. It is not going to be an overly hostile environment. I think there's probably going to be, you know, five to 8,000 K-State fans down there. If you're on the fence, check out the TCU website. Tons of tickets still available. Decent prices. If you're in the Metroplex, you better be there. If you're able to get to that game and you live down in the Metroplex, if you live in the, you know, what, North Texas area? I don't know what the area is beyond the Metroplex. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metro, if you're anywhere close, you should be there if you're a Texas Wildcat. Uh, if you're, you know, I, I'm driving down from Johnson County. I'm linking up with some of my friends in Wichita Friday night. We're going down first thing Saturday morning. If you can't be there, because again, this is this is going to be one of those games where there's going to be plenty of K-State. It's not going to be like the Oklahoma game where there's only you know sprinkles of K-State fans. There's going to be plenty of K-State fans in the house, and nothing's more fun than getting just a little bit rowdy on the road and maybe causing a false start here or there. It, it is going to be a fun one. 
I promise you, it's going to be a fun one. For some of the individual players, again, Adrian Martinez is starting to get all this hype. There's all the tweets about, you know, how he hasn't turned the ball over. He's on these watch lists, all this type of stuff. Can he keep it going? Again, I think I've said that every single game since the Oklahoma game. Can he keep it going? Can he keep those doubters quiet? Andy Mitz, the host of the, you know, the Rock Chalk podcast here on the 1012 Network, and he's also on the 1012 Pod Monday show quite often, he loved talking about how he wasn't convinced Adrian Martinez was going to be a difference maker for K-State. He loved talking about how he didn't see K-State being a contender to get to Arlington. Tons of Nebraska fans running their mouths. If, if, if you want to continue to, you know, Adrian Martinez is a much better man than me. But, but to continue to call out these clowns for what they are, which are clowns, Adrian Martinez needs to keep it going. Again, TCU is a pretty good defense as well. Not, not top of the Big 12. They're a pretty good defense. Deuce Vaughn had probably the worst statistical game he's had as a Wildcat last week. You know, there isn't talk about Deuce as a Heisman. There's no talk about Deuce as a, you know, award winner. If you look at his stats, he's still the best running back in the Big 12. But we've become so accustomed to penciling in 120 yards and a touchdown. He hasn't gotten in the end zone for a while. You know, I'm, I'm sure Deuce wants to have another big game, and he's a Texas kid. He's from Texas, and he's had some massive games versus TCU in the past as well. You know, there's probably not as many Texans on this team as there used to be, but the ones that are there, Kobe Savage, Drake Cheatham, Deuce Vaughn, Malik Knowles, I think Christian Duffy's a Texas guy as well. Now, there's plenty of Texas kids that want to show TCU what's up. Plenty of them. So we're we're gonna have to see what what happens. I think KT KT Love is a Texas kid as well, I believe. So this is a massive game for all of them. And then I, I look back to the pass rush, the trio of Felix, Nate Matlack, Khalid Duke. You can throw Brandon Mott in there as well. Eli Huggins in the middle. Can can you? make some plays again this was the banner game this was the game that got felix on every single person in the world's radar you know they're going to be watching you they're they're going to say anyone but felix can beat us we've seen felix overcome that before but we need these other guys to get in there make some noise and cause some havoc as well so i mean it's a massive game chris climate a massive game for him as well you know I, I was down on him after the Tulane game. Not, not as hard as some if folks want to go back and listen to that Q&A episode. Uh, but, but, you know, I, I was hard on him. We've seen him get eight wins in, in the two regular seasons. He, he has two regular seasons in the COVID year. But we've seen him get to eight wins. If we want to see Chris Kleiman continue to gain the notoriety to continue to build his legacy, this was the season that he really needed to make a jump. Now, is it all out the window if he doesn't get this game? No, of course not. Got five more games after this. There isn't a single game on the schedule you look at and say, ah, we're not winning that one. But you take care of this one. You're sitting alone at the top of the Big 12 as the only undefeated team. You're getting that much closer to the first double-digit win season since 2012? 
getting that much closer to the first conference championship game appearance since 2003. Granted, we the Big 12 went a long time without a conference championship game. There would have been a, at least one uh, that they would have been part of. Maybe two as well. I think 2011, would we have been in there? Well, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it it's a massive type of legacy game again. And, and, it, and it is kind of, again, Chris Kleiman has this weird thing where uh, you know, there, there's a handful of schools he's owned and a few schools he has yet to beat. Well, TCU is one of those teams he's owned. So I personally am really hoping he keeps that going. That's all I had. And, and that's always kind of like my freestyle part of the episode, which is probably everyone's least favorite. But, man, I'm pumped. I am pumped. This is such a massive game if we want to get to Arlington, folks. Oh, my gosh. I'll be on cloud nine. But probably by the time you guys are listening to this, by the time you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, I will be an absolute nervous wreck for 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 the rest of the week. Ah, but it's great, it's great. Let's get into the four keys of E presented by our official betting partner, legal betting partner. If y'all remember some of the days, no, this is legal. This is by the books. Once you guys win a million dollars, you're gonna have to pay taxes on it, but that's all right because you'll actually get the money from Points Bet USA. There's gonna be a link in the description of this episode where if you sign up. Going through the process on our link, not only are you going to get an awesome We Ride t-shirt, but hey, we got about 10 days left to hit our 200 signups to get Points Bet and Sports Drink to sponsor a massive tailgate party for us. So if you haven't signed up, please do so using the link in the episode. Get your friends to do it as well. It's going to be a blast. First key to V from, oh gosh. Oh, this is from our good friend, Jason. Jason has been absolutely fire with his keys to V. His is get deuce loose. He had 158 combined yards last year. TCU can wear out a defense with their speed, so you need to use the running game to keep the defense fresh. I agree with you. I, I think this is a game where I, I wouldn't be I would not be mad if we slowed down the tempo. I know we kind of leaned into it versus Oklahoma. Uh, but but and to, to a lesser extent, Texas Tech, they stole some possessions uh, from us in that game. Uh, but we, we went right back down to that slow pace versus Iowa State. Um, I, I'd feel more comfortable if we slowed it down. But again, um, I, I think the bigger thing is just to get Deuce going. Get Deuce going in the running game, in the passing game. Uh, I, I think only good things can come from that one. The second one from the Boneheads is from the good chef Andre Napier. I referenced this a little earlier. Make them earn it. TCU leads the conference uh, when it comes to explosive plays. If you make them have long, sustained drives, that is going to be massive. Give them more chances to screw up, turn the ball over, allow your defense to make a play. Keep a lid on their explosive offense. Love that from the good chef. My two are hit Max Duggan early and often. I'm not condoning cheap shots or anything illegal, but if you hit him hard, if you hit him often, he's going to start to see ghosts because of what happened last year. Is it going to be Felix? I doubt it. I think that they are going to go over the top trying to stop him, so I think it's going to have to come from Eli Huggins, Khalid Duke, Nate Matlack, Jalen Pickle, 
Brandon Mott. I think it's going to have to come from those guys. But if you get to him early, you get to him often, he's going to start seeing ghosts. And we might see that turnover-prone Max Duggan come back. And then the final one is continue to protect the football. It is so cliche for these keys to V's to talk about that. But K-State leads the conference when it comes to holding on to the football and avoiding turnovers. And in a game on the road, with so much at stake versus an explosive offense, you cannot give them extra bites of the apple. So it is get deuce loose, hit Max Duggan, make TCU earn it, and protect the football. Before we get into our game picks, remember we are part of the 1012 Network. 1012 Network and Sports Drink came together to make a lovely baby podcast. It's not a baby, it's a damn big podcast network. There's tons of great shows on the 1012 Network, including the flagship show, the 1012 Pod. There's also a million great shows on the Sports Drink uh, Network. I love working with both these networks. I'm glad they came together. Pick them, Boneheads versus me. It's been a while because we had that bye week. I went 11 and 4. The Boneheads went 10 and 5. I'm currently at 68 and 22. Uh, picking games straight up. We're not doing any spread stuff. And then the Boneheads, 62 and 28. Let's get into it. KU at Baylor. Can KU get back on the winning streak? I don't think so. I think Shapin's going to be back. I don't see Jalen Daniels. I have Baylor, and so do the Boneheads. They're calling it the John Denver Bowl. John Denver actually went to Texas Tech, and Country Roads is not about the state of West Virginia. It's about the western part of the state of Virginia. So I'm going with Texas Tech, and so are the Boneheads, 92%. UT versus Oklahoma State, the other massive one with Arlington implications on it. The Boneheads are going with the home Oklahoma State Cowboys I'm not. I'm going with Texas. I think Texas with Quinn Ewers back. Again, they struggled with Oklahoma State, but I think they're going to be up for this game versus Oklahoma State. And I I think this is a big Texas victory. Syracuse is at Clemson. Syracuse, I think, in the top 15 right now. They're undefeated. The Boneheads have Clemson 78%. I think Clemson is going to absolutely demolish Syracuse. I'd like to be wrong, though. I'm tired of Clemson. I think Dabo is starting to slip. I would love to see Syracuse, but I just don't see it happening. Cincinnati at SMU. The Boneheads big time on the Bearcats. Why not? Let's get a little different. For, for the next for the next two at least, let's, let's be different. I'm going to go with SMU. I'm going to go with the Ponies. Minnesota going to Penn State. Penn State trying to bounce back from that ugly loss versus Michigan last week. Uh, I have Penn State bouncing back. So do the bo- Boneheads. Speaking of bouncing back. Top 20, Mississippi State at top five. Falling out of the top four, I think. Alabama, Boneheads, big time on Alabama, 84%. I think this, I would hate to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. I think Alabama wins, and I think they win big. Ole Miss going to LSU. The Boneheads going Ole Miss, 77%. Go Tigers. Hate Brian Kelly, don't like him. But I think they're starting to find their swagger. Um... I think Brian Kelly eventually wins a national title at LSU. If you look at the coaches who have not been able to win national titles, win it at LSU, and then they get fired, I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to follow in Les Miles' footsteps. He's going to follow in Ed Ogeron's footsteps. I think Brian Kelly, obviously not going to be this year, but I think he's going to get things up and rolling. I think he takes down Lane Kiffin in the Ole Miss Rebels. UCF at Eastern Carolina. Boneheads have UCF. So do I. Houston at Navy. Uh, Boneheads going with Houston, 67%. No, I'm going with Navy. I, I, I think I think Houston is ripe to impl- implode on themselves. 
Uh, I think the midshipmen uh, started very slow. Honestly, not getting that much better. Uh, but but I think the disciplined midshipmen take down Houston. Uh, Memphis at Tulane. Boneheads have Tulane. 95% the top 25 Tulane Green Wave. I have them as well. BYU at Liberty. Me and the Boneheads both rolling with the Cougars. And our old friend Seth Luttrell versus our old friends UTSA. Shout out to David. Shout out to the Alamo Audible Podcast. Shout out to all of our friends at UTSA. Meep, meep. We are going with UTSA, me, and the Boneheads. K-State versus TCU. The absolute biggest one. The absolute biggest one. So many Arlington implications on this game. Battle for purple. Be the better purple. Color of royalty. The Boneheads going with K-State 94%. Very confident Boneheads. I have TCU getting 27 points. It's a lot of points. Don't like them getting 27 points. But know what I do love? K-State getting 31. That's right. I have K-State by four. K-State 31. TCU 27. I think just under the total. I'm not actually 100% sure what the... It's K-State three and a half point underdogs. And... I don't know. I don't I don't have the over-under. 55. So the, the over would hit there. The over would hit by a few points. So it is what it is, folks. I'm pumped. I'm going to be an absolute nervous mess. K-State 31, TCU 27. If you're on the fence... Buy some tickets and come down to Fort Worth. It's going to be a great time. Check out our sponsors, Points Bet USA, Charlie Hustle, and, of course, the always delicious Manhattan Brewing Company. For Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, for all the K-Staters who are going to be heading down to Fort Worth, for all three generations of my family that are holding degrees from the wonderful, great Kansas State University, we love you guys, and go Cats. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight.
Social Podcast Network.